Hello, and welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. My name is Lauren Jackson, and I am so excited to be with you guys today. And we've got a really fun special guest who is a friend of mine and she actually jumped in on our kids ministry circle cohort a couple seasons ago and it has been just a joy to get to know her and be able to watch from afar the ministry that she is doing right outside of Denver, Colorado. And so before we let Bree introduce herself, I have a fun announcement for you. Our volunteer gift guide is live. So if you are wondering what to get your volunteers because you have given them a mug for the last three years or if you've given them a t-shirt for the past couple years and are just trying to do something creative while sticking to our budget, um, you can head over and look at our Kids Ministry Circle volunteer gift guide. We did three categories. We did the teen volunteer, we did customizable gifts, and we did volunteer events for the whole group. So I hope those are a good resource to you and you can get a little creative this holiday season. All right, Bree, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and be sharing with yeah. you. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us where you serve, how long you've been in ministry, and all of those fun details. Yeah. So yeah, my name is Bree Pollard, and I've been in kids' ministry now for going on a little over six years, um, which is really crazy to think. I started in ministry when I was 18 in college um, in an internship, did youth ministry for a little bit, and then moved into kids' ministry and ended up loving it way more than I ever thought I would or could love it. Um yeah, and I feel so lucky to have the job that I do. I feel like it is such a privilege to walk alongside kids and families in this way. It feels like such a gift. So, and for the last three years, I've been at Wellspring Inglewood, which, yeah, is right outside of Denver. So I've been here for a little over three years serving our families. Nice. Did you always want to be in ministry? Did you go to college, set out to be like, I want to be in vocational ministry? Yeah, I set out in college wanting to. When I was in high school, I had the best youth pastor ever. Um, he really ingrained in us that the biggest privilege we could have in life is just to be a vessel for the Spirit and a vessel, a vessel for the gospel. Um, and that felt so humbling to be able to be just a small part of God's mm-hmm. kingdom in that way. And I realized that he changed, like God used him to change my life and I couldn't put a value to that. And so I kind of from that moment on was like, if I could do that for any family of the Lord could use me to share the love of Jesus and for them, I knew the value of that. So yeah, yeah, I I went to CCU, studied theology and youth men, but yeah, I thought I'd always work with teenagers, but I end up loving working with kids. That's right. Kids ministry is the superior ministry, in my opinion, to youth ministry. Um, But that's great. Praise God for the youth pastor in your life who was clearly investing in you and the kids of your ministry. And it's always good to hear good stories of youth pastors that faithfully served the students in their ministry. So that's awesome. I love that. Okay, so the reason that 
I invited you on the podcast and really wanted you to share with our listeners is because I love the way that Wellspring um, does discipleship, not only discipleship with kids, but also discipleship with families. And so um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Wellspring in general and just some basic things about what you do with your kids? So Wellspring is an Anglican church. So we are, I would say, very... We have structure, but then also a very vibrant, charismatic worship. And so it's a great balance of it feels like our liturgy and the structure of our service grounds us. It guides us, but there is also so much freedom in it. It's an interesting thing to try to describe um, if you're not familiar mm-hmm. with Anglicanism. Um, so, yeah, we're part of a diocese. We're within ACNA is our denomination affiliation. And we also have, um, we're, a, we're based out of, an, it's an African denomination. So we also have a Kenyan blessing at the end of each of our services. So you see different things within our diocese and our, um, our diocese's culture really come through in our service. And so it's very holistically involved is kind of how I think Uh of it like we are we are verbally involved in spoken liturgy and prayer we raise our hands and the Kenyan blessing at the end is we have a cross a huge huge cross at the front um, of our sanctuary and it's at the very top and that's very important to us and it's been important to Wellspring since we've had a place to worship is to have the cross front and center in front of us and so at the end of every service, we, we say, in all of our problems, we send to the cross in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we are, we are throwing, like you're throwing a baseball, like toward your arm forward. Like we throw our problems to the cross in Christ. We throw our sins to the cross in Christ. We throw the devil's works to the cross in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we say, and then at the end we say, and we set our hopes and we raise both hands. We set our hopes on the risen Christ. And it's those kinds of things that are so special where it it feels it feels good <laughs> to yeah. be whole bodily involved in saying, yeah. this is not mine mm-hmm. and this yeah. is not my burden to bear because right. Jesus' yoke is light and I am giving this to him and he takes it from me. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing to see then our kids get involved in that. Mm-hmm. So our kids are in service with us probably for about two-thirds. They start in with us when we carry um, we carry a smaller cross in in the processional. And we raise, um, our pastor will raise the scriptures, the Bible above his head behind the cross to show that the cross guides us and scripture mm-hmm. is above us. You yeah. know, and so it's, our whole service has so much intentionality of looking at, this isn't just for repetition and this isn't mm-hmm. just because, but it's reminding us. Yeah, definitely. And it helps us to know what where the priority is. Um, mm-hmm. And another thing that happens is we bring, um, so we'll, we'll start worship, we'll sing, and then we'll do um, usually an opening prayer and then we'll do a scripture reading. And then the cross is brought to the center of the room 
to um, the smaller cross on the stick, not Mm -hmm. the very big cross. And um, the smaller cross is brought to the center of the room, and we all look towards the center of the room. Mm -hmm. And we read a reading from the Gospels, from somewhere in the Gospels um, at that time. And we do our Gospel reading in the middle of the room as a reminder that Jesus came among us. Yeah. He was human and he and he dwelled among his people and he is with us. Mm-hmm. And so it's very community based. And so, yeah, so our service is filled with lots of that of um, repetitive liturgy that really guides us and grounds mm-hmm. us, but is also very holy. Involved. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's not just engaging. <clears throat> it's not just engaging your mind with the scriptures but it's your whole body like it is that what you said of that holistic like you are engaging like mind and body and words and just everything from the beginning I like as you were speaking I could see almost the visual representation of of like people like really casting their cares on the cross and like I I feel like watching, I would watch kids do that and probably cry every time. Like, I would feel like I'm like, I got chills of you. (laughs) Like, I have chills of you just the way that you are explaining it. And I feel like I would just, like, be so emotional watching, like, the next generation of believers and these kids do that with with their arms and just participate in those aspects of your Sunday morning. Um... I do have a question for you. When people are new to your church, because I feel like a lot of times going to a liturgical church can feel like you don't belong automatically because you don't know. You don't know what to do. You don't know the words to say. Obviously, there's a huge part of repetition. How do you guys, and maybe you could talk specifically to kids ministry, how do you loop in those new people so they don't feel like they don't belong because they don't know what to say or they don't know how to where to walk or what to do or things like that. How do you welcome kids and families into your ministry? That's a great question. I think that it's funny most of the time when there's a new family or one of my friends will come and attend service and they don't know a lot about our church. Afterwards, mm-hmm. they'll be like, so what did you think? Because I know it's <laughs> like it was different, right? Yeah. And, and I know that going in, but most of them are like, oh yeah, they're like, that was very different. And mm-hmm. it takes some getting used to and where I even did for myself, I do not have an Anglican background. I have a non-denom or reformed background throughout my life. So it was very new to me as well of it takes some adjusting to and a lot of time to kind of really absorb why everything happens mm-hmm. the way that it happens. Yeah. I think that part of how we explain it is we try to give little reminders throughout the service at different times of where we don't want it to feel um we don't want it to feel Catholic and a lot of people right. that might have a Catholic background can come in and say, Oh, this feels kind of familiar to me. Like, yeah, it yeah. might. But so we try to remind people of different things throughout the service. Like we'll remind them why we do the gospel reading at the center of the room. Mm-hmm. Or uh, whenever we come to the table for communion, our lead pastor will say a lot of this table does not have a denomination. This yeah. table is for God's children. This is for the kingdom. And so 
you do not have to be Anglican to take communion here. Yeah. That is not it. You should love the Lord and please come and receive. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's little reminders like that. And then it is a lot of conversation and a lot of saying, is there any questions I can answer? Can I explain anything Mm. to you? Yeah. Um, And majority of our church is not a, does not have an Anglican background either, which is very interesting for mm-hmm. them to all step into that in the same way of mm-hmm. most of our people are not familiar with this. So this year, actually, we did an entire sermon series breaking down week by every week. We broke down one part of our service. Wow, that's cool. All the way through. And it was amazing and just even amazing for all of the staff, like for us to hear yeah. like, this is why we do this. Yeah. And it was very centering and gave great vision. So I reference back to that a lot to people of saying, we have this series on YouTube if you're confused about a specific part or if you're really curious Uh about why we are doing what we are doing. I totally understand being like, why should I do this? And should I participate in this? And asking really great questions first. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We'll link to that. YouTube series, just in case anybody is interested um, and would like to learn what Wellspring and Inglewood does. Okay, so let's take a shift and talk specifically about kids. So obviously we hear that your kids participate in main worship, big church, whatever you call it, at the beginning and the end. How do you weave these liturgical aspects into the part where you have the kids in their own classrooms. So when they're specifically in the children's mm-hmm. ministry. Yeah. yeah. So in it's simple it's simple and then it becomes more complex at different points throughout their year is kind of how I'll put yeah. it. Yeah. Of every morning we will all gather in one large group and it's a very special time. I'm, I a lot of people, a lot of kids ministries do this. So then mm-hmm. all of your kids are in one place and I'll say good morning boys and girls and they'll say good morning Miss Bree. And I'll say, may the Lord be with you. And they say, and also with you. And whenever Mm -hmm. I started doing that with them, I didn't have to tell them how to respond. And I think this speaks to the power of liturgy Mm. is because they already knew because of how we respond upstairs in service. Right. Yeah. So they already knew how to respond to me. And I, and they say, the Lord be with you. And I'll tell them like, thank you for blessing me, you know, like, and so I think even just letting them know of like what that means to me. Um, and so that's kind of how we start our time. And then we'll try to do different things throughout the year. One of our big focuses that we implemented in the last couple of years is called the milestone project. And we kind of created this to be milestones or benchmarks in a kid's life where it's not a linear process of where like they must hit these things in order to form their faith in the church, but more of we want kids to have something foundational happen within their mm-hmm. time in our kids' ministry and have something that they can remember and really look back on as a very important thing that they got to be a part of. So do you, do you want me to like go through? Yes, kind of what that yes, go like? through the milestones, okay. please. So I'll, I'm going to quickly just list them off, and then I'll kind of go into them yep. a little bit more detailed. Yep. But um, the first one is birth or adoption of a child. And so 
that is just meeting the family mm-hmm. and just really recognizing that the birth of a child or a, a child coming into a family in any way or any journey is a gift and yeah. a miracle yeah. and is the Lord's work and yeah. by his hand. So we want to acknowledge that. We want to care for them. And as all fam- working in family ministry, everybody knows that also comes with a lot of transition. Mm-hmm. So we want to meet with those families and uh, meet them where they are. And then it would be baptism or communion. And this is one thing that I really love about our church is that we are Anglican, but we do not believe that if that everyone must get baptized in infancy if a family mm-hmm. has a preference. Um, we have families that um, will will have their babies baptized when they are very, very little, and some will wait. We have families that will give their baby communion as soon as they are having solids, and some <laughs> that will wait to have the conversation. Yeah. And yeah. I love that we can support our families in saying, what is what is right for you? Yeah. You know, and how yeah. can we be, how yeah. can we support you in that? Mm-hmm. So that is another like milestone we want to recognize. We want to celebrate and we want them to remember that. And then our nursery graduation is when our kiddos graduate from the nursery to children's ministry at the age of four. And we do, so we do like move up Sunday, which mm-hmm. this is very common, Yep. but where we will want them to say goodbye to their nursery friends and to enter in and they enter into our big group time and our big kids celebrate them and welcome them, mm-hmm. but similar thing. Um, and then we enter into a few, the next three milestones are really what are implemented in a Sunday morning and they are implemented at different times of the year. And how I do this is I basically will um, eliminate their memory verse for the period of time that they're working on their milestone. Yep. So yep. they this is their memorization piece instead of their lesson. The pre-K and kindergarten class will do the Lord's Prayer. The first and second grade class will memorize the Prayer of Confession. And the third and fourth grade class will memorize the Apostles' Creed. And those things, we want them to memorize them to have consistent and long-term recognition, Mm -hmm. but also we want them to learn about them. Yeah. So right now our preschoolers are finishing up their milestone in the Lord's Prayer. They have a few weeks left Mm -hmm. and and I'll spend around two months with them doing this, doing their milestone. And we want them to learn about why. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking our preschoolers, where did the Lord's Prayer come from? Yeah. Yeah. Why did Jesus why did Jesus do this? Why did he say this? And it's because his his friends needed to know how to pray. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to know how to pray. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so teaching them why we have it. And then I'm asking them what the words mean. Mm-hmm. The big word that we always focus on every year is hallowed. Yeah. <laughs> hallowed yeah. be thy name. Yeah. And what yeah. does that mean? What yeah. are we saying yeah. and why are we saying it? Yep. And our amazing worship team made a song for them because our preschoolers can't read. How cute. But they can memorize, they can memorize songs. Yeah. Like yeah. All these kids know mem- nursery rhymes yeah. in songs um, so well. So they memorize it through a song, but then we break it down verse by verse and we dance to it. Yeah. Um, and it's so special for them and they, they feel like it's their special time. And I tell them for the next two months, we're going to do this. And we're going to memorize this. And then at the end, we are going to have a 
big celebration. Yeah. Yeah. And so they end their um, they end their milestone with a little party in their class, and they also end it by um, by reciting it in front of the entire congregation because we say the Lord's Prayer and the Confession mm-hmm. every week in service, and we say the Apostles' Creed every at every baptism. Okay. So these okay. are things that our community is actively engaging in, and so we're hoping mm-hmm. that our kids. Will now take it on as oh I know what this is yeah. I I have yeah. they feel some ownership and some confidence in it of what they're doing yeah. and saying and then each one differs a little bit like with confession we really emphasize um, that it's hard to confess right yeah. and yeah. so con- the prayer of confession it gives us words when we don't have it sometimes I as a 25 year old don't have the words to confess to God mm-hmm. about how I'm feeling and what is in my heart and the signs of guilt that I carry. Yeah. And yeah. so the prayer of confession can give us words and we don't have them. But then also it unifies us to the community of we all say the confession together because yeah. we all desperately yes. need Jesus. Um, yes, and we are all, we have all fallen short in the glory yes. of God. Yes, yep. we've all fallen short. And so it it's really unifying for them to feel like they're a part of it in their community. Mm-hmm. And our third and fourth graders spend a lot of time learning about the Apostles' Creed and how it came to be. And they make stoles, like to wear around their neck. And oh, that's cool. They, we have this amazing artist in our community that makes symbol patches to put on them. And so they will learn about the symbol of the cup and the symbol of water and of fire in the Bible and of trees and different things. And mm-hmm. they'll, they'll kind of think of what, what are some things that connect to my life? And yeah. they'll, they'll make these stoles and they'll learn about being yoked with Christ. And then on their milestone Sunday, our lead pastor will put their stoles on them and oh, anoint them so, like, and say, you are yoked with Christ. Yeah. And so it's so special, and they and then the the preschoolers and the first and second graders receive a certificate, and so it's just something that we want them to remember. We want them to look back mm-hmm. on it and say, "Yeah, that was so special." And yeah, I remember this in my church, and I can still say this, and it has carried. Mm-hmm. It's I I've carried it with me through yeah. hopefully all of their adulthood lives. Yeah, yeah, that's so sweet. I love the intentionality around it. One thing that I was reminded as you were talking is just the importance of the why behind the what. Like, right, we don't want kids just to memorize scripture, just to memorize scripture. Like, we want them to, I love how you spend time talking about it and you focus on certain words that may be confusing. And just the learning piece, to me, makes it so much more special to them. Um, And so... I have two questions, two follow-up questions. Do you stop your typical curriculum and you use this instead? So for the preschoolers and the first and second graders, we just opt out of the memory verse. So it's just for a short part of their lesson. And their lessons might feel a little bit shortened for that time. Um, Mm -hmm. But I usually, and then myself or our family pastor, Sarah, will make sure that we are in the class with them. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we are spending intentional time making sure that they're going through the milestone. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third and fourth graders 
completely drop the curriculum for around six to eight weeks and yeah. we have an apostles creed curriculum since it's something that they're less familiar with um yeah. and it's more needs more of an explanation and then also mm-hmm. our children's ministry technically ends at fourth grade and then fifth grade is considered okay. youth so yep. also we really see them as our big kids and so we yeah. want they love it they have, it's their very very special time it's usually in the spring and so it's yeah. kind of on those fourth graders it's we're getting ready to transition them out mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome i love i one i love that you're ending the spring with your big kids like no you can remember this as you head into what can feel like a very hard season of childhood is youth and middle school and all of that so I love I love that piece how for those kids obviously like you have preschool kindergarten first and second grade third and fourth grade they repeat it right so they do it twice do you feel like that is helpful or do you feel like sometimes kids get to that season and they're like oh I already know this a lot of things that I've heard is one, people are always like, how do I weave in scripture and challenging the kids to do more than just sit and listen on a Sunday morning, whether it's like a memorization challenge or something like, how do I take it to the next level? People are asking, how do I pour into our big kids? How do I make their Sunday morning programming just a little bit different? Um, But then also it's how do you not reinvent the wheel, but still engage kids. And so I'm curious how you have found that with the repetition piece of they go through it twice. If they are still, if they are a part of your ministry for their whole childhood, they experience things over again. How does that typically work with your kiddos? Yeah, for the preschoolers, for pre-K and kindergartners, I feel like they are at the age especially where they love repetition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I feel like it ne- it never gets old for them. Yeah. yeah. And it also bleeds into first and second grade as well, where I see when they repeat it for the second time, mm-hmm. they really find a lot of joy in having confidence in it. Yeah. yeah. And where they are able to step into it maybe a little bit quicker than their peers. Yeah. yeah. But also we haven't done it in a year, so it's not the mm-hmm. freshest thing on their mind. Yeah. Yep. So I think for pre-K through second grade, I always have to remind myself how much our kids love repetition repetition, yeah. and how much yeah. that is a valuable thing to them. And it feels, I feel bored and I feel like this right. is so repetitive, yes. um, but where they really relate to it. And I think once again, it goes back to just have appreciating having a liturgical service of where it can feel repetitive, but it's a reminder Um, And and we need that. So I think for them, it is making sure that they thoroughly know it. Mm -hmm. Um, Our preschoolers right now, some of them knew it before a little bit Mm -hmm. from last year. Yeah. They didn't know. Especially because if you say it every Sunday, then like they'll start to pick up on it and start to learn it. And so when they get into the classroom, they're like, oh, I've heard this before. Yeah. Yeah. And I love to ask our kids questions of, why is this this way? What do you think mm-hmm. about that? Why would God give us this? Why do we say this? And yeah. for yeah. them to think about it and really try to figure out the answer. And then also for them to teach each other, I think is one of my most mm-hmm. favorite things is when our first and second graders will do the confession 
and our second graders have been through this when they were in first mm-hmm. grade and they will teach the first graders yeah. mm-hmm. uh, That's awesome. I remember we did this and yeah. this is why awesome. and we need to confess because we need to talk to God about our mistakes. Yeah. And it's like, yes, and it's and it's like I I, I know the answer and that's right, yeah. but it's like for you to sh- for them to share that with their peer yeah. is yeah. so special. Um and same thing with the 3rd and 4th graders. We it's a very in-depth time of learning to learn about the Apostles' yeah. Creed and everything with that. And we do a lot of things for the third and fourth graders, I feel like, to try to keep it interesting. We talk about Mm -hmm. the vine and the branches and bearing fruit. And our kids plant branches on a a trellis. It's a very involved process. (laughs) And um, it's, but they, they own it and they teach each other about these things and they really take the time. And so it's, Amazing to see our fourth graders teach our third graders, um, but then also, yeah, to be able to expand. I think it requires for our third and fourth grade teachers and our staff to be very aware of the topic and very informed mm-hmm. so that we can answer hard questions. Our kids yeah. Oh, yeah. will ask very hard questions and we will break them down. We could spend five weeks alone on the Trinity Mm -hmm. and talking to them about that. And so allowing space to say, do we really know what this is? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean for us? And Mm -hmm. encouraging them to take their time and to dig deep. I love One thing I love about kids ministry, and I am also a huge advocate for breaking past the stigma of is that kids can't take on deep theology yep and they can learn so much about all of this and I want to give them the space to say why how what is God doing and to just walk with them in that not give them a a stamped answer and to say this is exactly what you should believe but to say let's talk more tell me what you're Mm -hmm. thinking what do you think the answer might be I love that this is happening on Sunday morning right because you get the kids and I feel like it sounds like you are using every ounce of time you have with them, right? From like the experience with adults to your lesson and really hitting those milestones. What do you do with your parents? I still feel like I don't know. Like I don't have the Apostles' Creed memorized. Would I like to have it memorized? Absolutely. But I don't. And I can imagine that... There are a lot of parents maybe who didn't grow up with a faith background, did not grow up in the church, do not know anything about the Apostles' Creed, don't know maybe anything about the Lord's Prayer. And obviously, hopefully they experience it through attending Wellspring. But how do you really partner with parents in this process so that they do feel confident to allow their kids to ask those hard questions and maybe not answer them, but at least have a dialogue at home moving beyond Sunday morning. I think that this obviously directly connects to having a well-rounded ministry overall. Yeah, there's no point in doing a lot of the things that we do on Sunday morning if our parents don't know that we believe that they are the main disciples Mm -hmm. of their children. And so I think that we hope and we are actively working to make sure that that is known well before any of these things yeah. happen in our yeah. ministry and that that is 
one of the first things our families get from us is that we are here to support them. As much as we are here to support their kids, we are here to support the parents because supporting the parents is supporting the kids. We support the parents in their marriage. We support their the parents in their current stage of life or current mm-hmm. season if they are single. We are supporting them because that is the best thing for their kids. Mm-hmm. And healthy, yeah. spiritually healthy and spiritually thriving parents are going to have the greatest impact on those kids' faith. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that that is at the front of our minds at all time is... How are our parents doing? Part of the that's part mm-hmm. of the reason why I get to do I get to do with the kids and our amazing um, children and family pastor Sarah is able to do so much with our families mm-hmm. and our parents is we must have multiple connection points yep. because if we start at oh we decided to do this on a Sunday here take this home and do this exactly and this is where yes. you start then how will they? How will they yeah. be expected to do that? And that doesn't feel like partnership and that doesn't feel like community. Yeah. You know? So we want yep. to support what they are already doing. And we don't want to make our thing the most important thing ever. Mm-hmm. We want to support them. So yeah, I think that we try to reach our parents yeah, kind of beforehand and in multiple ways through Mm -hmm. marriage courses and just through personal connection and just by showing up for them really tangibly. Mm -hmm. We also have a family discipleship guide that we release every season. And I say that kind of with air quotes of where, because we are on the liturgical calendar, then we have one for Advent and Epiphany Mm -hmm. and Lent and the resurrection season. And then we do two for ordinary time, since ordinary time is so long. So one for summer yep. and one for fall. And we spend a lot of time and resources getting that done. And we mail it to our families, get it oh, printed nice. and into their hands. And yeah. it has um, some of the, the three things that our church, like our church's like main mission and vision is worship, formation, and mission. And mm-hmm. so... We want those to be connected at all times to everything we do. And so it will have worship formation and mission for older kids and younger kids and different ways to do that. And it's not a guide of like, this is exactly what you should do. Right. If something fits here, here, Mm -hmm. here's some of our suggestions. Or if you're looking for something to add in this current season. So we're wanting to loop them in in that way and really empower them to take the reins, let us support and follow however we can. Mm -hmm. And for the milestones is to give them great warning that it's happening ahead of time (laughs) through weekly emails, connection points, and saying, please join us in supporting your kids in this and really seeking out those parents specifically. And... It's always impressed me how, so, like, so many of our families that don't come from an Anglican background or didn't grow up in the faith at all, mm-hmm. how they will say, my kids are teaching me. Yeah. My kids awesome. are bringing this into my family. And that's a great thing. And, and mm-hmm. in my opinion, I'm like, great. I'm like, you are showing up for them then. Yeah. You are creating yeah. a space for that. And if you're letting your kid teach you about the Apostles' Creed, that's amazing. And that is you being still the discipler of your child because you are 
letting them know that you are still learning too, which is one of the exactly. most humbling oh, yeah. places I think a parent can be in is to yeah. approach their kids and say, teach me, let me learn mm-hmm. alongside you. In yeah. This. That's awesome. I love that. I love how you guys are partnering with parents. I love the family discipleship guide. I think that's a great thing because I do feel like as a parent myself, there are some seasons where I'm like, oh, we're doing this. I'm super excited for this resource or whatever. And then we get to some seasons where I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I feel like that even with my own reading, with my own scripture reading in my own time of like, sometimes I'm in a Bible study or I'm doing this. And then some seasons I'm like, I just don't know what to open to. I don't know what to read. And so I feel like those resources, like a discipleship tool, they tend, I feel like God uses them in such a special way because they tend to get delivered or fall into the laps of people who are like, I just thought about what to do. Like, I don't even know what to do. And here this thing arrives and here's a great plan that we can follow if it fits with our current season. And so I love I love that you guys make that available to your parents. Um, why? And you've spoken to this quite a bit. If people have been listening, they've been getting nuggets of this question. But why do you feel like for kids ministry specifically, liturgy is important? Mm. Yeah, I can share a couple of testimonies around some things that we have a little girl in our church and... She is five now, and her mom sent us a video, and she was two. Mm-hmm. She must have been around two, because it was right around when I started, and right around when also I don't think I knew the full value of the liturgy at that time either, mm-hmm. of her two-year-old um, just walking around their home saying the prayer of purity. Mm. She couldn't read. She couldn't probably even fully understand the words that she was saying. Yeah. She was speaking it. And so we see this all the time of our kids are memorizing things that is truth, deep Mm -hmm. capital T truth about the Lord, like they memorize nursery rhymes. And if you yeah. think about like, all the songs that our kids learn and my, like my niece and nephew, they know every song on Coco Melon. <laughs> like it's, yes. like it's their job. Yeah. And, and so I'm just like that kids are, they're sponges. They can absorb exactly. all of this into their hearts and into their minds. And so for them to be able to absorb, to absorb the liturgy and hold that, that closely to them mm-hmm. is so valuable or during COVID, when we weren't gathering in person and we were live streaming, um, we would get videos of our kids setting up their stuffed animals for service and oh, carrying the cross in to their living room. Oh and where my goodness. They were actively in practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it is so important of how they're, like I said, of where they're physically involved mm-hmm even before they fully understand the depth of it, yep. they are already teaching themselves. And it's yep. it's becoming so deeply ingrained. And then yeah. one of my coworkers um, shared with me how there's a woman who um, was suffering from, I believe it was dementia, and she was in a, a care, um, like a senior facility, and she couldn't remember anybody, couldn't remember anything. 
Um, and it was really, really tragic of just how she had lost the sense of most of her identity. Mm-hmm. And But then once somebody would begin any like liturgical practices, like any liturgical prayers or things, she would yeah. immediately engage and That's recall insane. all of it. And yeah. it like it gives me yeah. chills thinking about like it is so inherently a mm-hmm. part of her as yeah. she has lost a sense of who her children are mm-hmm. that she knows and can say and can hear herself say the truth about God in the gospel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I'm like, what is it? You know, it's, it's such a, <laughs> yes. it's a big thing in like, in where we can get overworked yes. and like, what is it? What's the answer? And we're, and I've seen the fear in kids' eyes of like, what is it? Mm-hmm. And then for one little kid, like a six-year-old to raise his hand and say, Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Like yeah. it, it helps give them language to put to yeah. things but then also where it they begin to carry it with mm-hmm. them yeah. and it's just that constant reminder where we'll talk to them about like did you know that you can pray this if you're scared mm-hmm. at night did you know that you can you can say this you can sing this you can talk to god completely on your own however you want but you yeah. have these things with you at all times to mm-hmm. call upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say the other end of it is that it is it unifies them to the community. Our kids mm-hmm. know that they are a part of the church. Yep. Like I talked about the Kenyan blessing and stuff, is our kids are throwing their sins at the cross and doing these things before even their first words. Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. part there's of not a There's not a shortened version of the Apostles' Creed for the third, third of the Yes, fourth yes. Like, like they, they learn the whole thing. Yeah, there's not a kid version of the Lord's Prayer or certain things. Like, no, they are just as a part of the church as the adults are, which I love that. They are the church. They are leading the church and they are mm-hmm. actively participating or where I love, I love that our kids are a part of service because my husband and I will sit in service with them. And they'll see me singing and raising my arms and worshiping and praying and throwing my sins at the cross and lets them know, you need Jesus as much as I do. <laughs> and yep. and yeah. we're, we're all in this together. You know, it, it unifies them to the community and lets them know, even if I don't believe the Lord's Prayer this Sunday, I have my family with me in this. So I hope, I hope and pray that they feel that kind of support and unification to something so much bigger of their Mm -hmm. family is a part of their large church family. And we are there to care for each other. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that so much. Um, okay. So now we're shifting gears to practical things. So if we have someone who's listening right now, who's like, I want to learn more, how do I weave this into Sunday morning into our kids' ministry? How do I learn more to include this in my own personal walk with the Lord? Um, I would say to, if something in this stood out, especially in the kids' programming portion, just start with something small. Of Our kids haven't been saying, the Lord be with you and also with you for very long in our kids' ministry. And so just start with anything and yeah. just keep going from there. 
mm-hmm. and just explain the intentionality of, do you know, I feel like most curriculums across the board have a memory verse. Do you know why we mm-hmm. memorize scripture? Is yeah. so yeah. then we always know who God is and we know what his word says. Mm-hmm. And when we're afraid, we can think of this. When we're excited, we can think of this. And we know we, mm-hmm. we know his word. And so just to yeah. even explain to kids the intentionality of why they already do what they do um, and to give them repetition, they love it and it's good for yeah. them of where they're not nearly as bored as you are, <laughs> maybe, mm-hmm. of memorize a worship song, memorize scripture, memorize a prayer together. Yeah. Um, our kids yeah. will write their own liturgy and their own liturgical prayers do that and then memorize it together or find somebody that you know that might do this well and just say what can I do yep I mean even before we started recording I asked Brie a bunch of questions of like is this the right word is this how you say this And, and so it's it's helpful to have some friends the kids ministry community is large and so you can find somebody to learn from really easily um, I love that. And maybe we'll try and uh, add some resources to the, our show notes. Just oh, can I give a resource? I, oh, yes. I just thought of one. Um, oh, go for it. If you need a great, the best book in the world, Lauren, you need to buy this for yourself. It is a book called To Light Their Way. Have you heard of it? Oh, that? I have that book. You have that book? Isn't it amazing? Yes, it's so good. It's if, so good. If you don't have that book... Start there and give it to every parent who will take it. Yeah. It yeah. Is we'll link that for sure in the show notes. Yes. It's filled with liturgical prayer for every single season and event in a family's mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. It's amazingly put. And I think it's also a great way to introduce liturgical prayer to mm-hmm. a community. But I look to that all the time, and we look to it a lot for parent resources yeah. in different seasons. Or I'll send, I'll send a prayer to a mom that I know, and she's going through certain things. And I'll say, mm, I'm praying so this sweet. over you, and I hope that you will like read through this today. And so yeah. Yeah. that's a great, great book to get uh, your feet wet into liturgy um, into fam- yeah. and, and for families as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yes, that, we will for sure link that. It's a great resource. Um, okay, so our last question we always ask is, if you were to talk to someone who is brand new to ministry, jumping into kids ministry for the first time, what would be your piece of advice or piece of encouragement? My piece of advice would be to just get to know those kids' names and those families' names. Yeah. And... Once you feel like you know the kids' names, the families' names, and some volunteers' names, then you'll feel more a part of it all. And you'll mm, feel like you're advice. in it. I feel like whenever I started at Wellspring from my last job, I left knowing 150 kids' names at the last ministry and all of their parents. And I walked in, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know these people. I'm not a part of this. And I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah. But I realized that by the, by the time I knew everyone's names and I was really starting to make those connections, it got easier and it felt like I was more transitioned in. And also where I felt like I was in community 
So get to know their names and learn these kids' stories and just be boots on the ground, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need to implement the biggest programming. You don't need to have all of the big events at all. Just know the people. Just know the people that God has given you to be a part of their lives. And then encouragement would be that it gets easier if you're transitioning in and it feels yeah. like a lot and a lot mm-hmm. of responsibility. But you just have to love kids and parents the very best way that you can. And yep. one of the best ways you can love kids and parents is to not try to have all the answers. As somebody that is yep. not a parent yet, um, I will mm-hmm. be in the spring, but as somebody that doesn't have kids, I don't have a lot of the answers for parents, and yeah. my answers are only so helpful for kids as they learn and grow in their faith, but if I listen, and if I walk with them in life, and if I encourage them, that's the most I can do, you know? Yep, that's so helpful. Well, thank you, Bree, so much for being on the podcast today. How can, if they have more questions, how can people get in touch with you? Please email me at Bree, B-R-I-E, at wellspringinglewood.com. And I've talked to a couple of people about what it looks like to have kids in service and what that's like mm-hmm. and more questions and I'd love to chat with anybody that I can. I actually um, talked to somebody from our cohort that they didn't have kids in their service before and then Mm -hmm. now they do and it's been such a great transition for them. How fun is that? I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I learned things and I hope that our listeners learned things as well. So if you, friends, if you love this podcast, you can follow us on social media at Kids Ministry Circle over on Facebook and Instagram. We would love to have you pass this episode on to a kids ministry friend. Maybe they have kids in their service or maybe they don't or maybe they are someone you know is trying to navigate what it looks like to add liturgy to their services and I feel like Bree's encouragement and Bree's words are incredibly helpful and so feel free to pass this episode along. Like and subscribe because that helps us reach other friends, ears, and other kids ministry leaders that need to hear the wisdom from our friends on the podcast. So that's all I've got. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.